0: Celtics Pride Podcast. This is our first recording on Celtics blog. We're excited to be here. It is Monday night, March 30th. I'm Adam Motenko, here with my co hosts, as always, my twin brother, Josh Motenko.
1: What's going on?
0: How's it going, Josh? And good friend, Mike Minkoff. What's up, Mike?
1: Oh, you know, just becoming intimately familiar with my room and my apartment these days. <laughs> this, this is the coronavirus
0: edition of Celtics Pride. Uh, not what we expected for our first Celtics blog pod. How are you guys feeling about being on the on the blog?
2: I'm like Javante Green with a clear path to the basket right now.
0: <laughs> I'm like
2: rearing to go, but I'm just as likely to drop the microphone on my foot as I am to
1: have a highlight, I think. Well, the crowd's um, like, excited. Like Chemi Ogilvy dribbling on the breakaway. <laughs> you can feel <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen.
0: <laughs> Tony Allen blacking out after a dunk. All right. Well, today we're talking about uh, recent news, what the NBA is doing around the virus and, and whether or not they will return, and if so, how that's going to go. We'll talk about what we miss most about the NBA and the Celtics. We'll hit general disru- uh, disruptions. What does this mean, this, this hiatus? For the Celtics in the league and we'll talk about who is the most out of shape on the Celtics when we when we return whenever that happens uh, to kick us off you guys there's been recent news I've been I've seen some Brian Windhorst horse comments about um, the league potentially trying to come back uh, to, to have the playoffs that the NBA might play without fans where are you guys on on what's happening here and and recent news.
2: Well, I need to know more. I did not read that Windhorse article we were talking about a little bit uh, beforehand, but why don't you explain what that is?
0: Well, I mean, I don't think he, he knows exactly. Nobody knows what's happening here. We're, this is a wait and see situation. Uh, I think the league has been on the forefront of a lot in the in the media, definitely ahead of some, some governments uh, on how to handle this. They've been really professional about it. They've been really responsible about it um and so i don't think that they're going to do anything that would endanger anyone and they're trying to set a precedent for other people and be an example so they're taking a wait and see approach here I, you know this virus is I, I don't think it's hit its peak yet and so in the us at least so we're still waiting for that but what he's talked about is that the is the amount of money the the a billion dollars is potentially at stake here for the league um that's going to have major implications for for teams and the NBA wants is is considering their options and trying to figure out different permutations about how to potentially salvage a season. Um, one of the ideas that Windhorst brought up was is the idea of um, bringing NBA teams to a city or two cities and trying to have games without fans. Um, basically. Uh, the idea he brought up was to potentially to go to a city that doesn't that hasn't had a high um, high concentration of of um, virus positives, uh, thinking that that would be safer. But you would basically like quarantine you you'd, first, you would test everybody, you would make sure that that all of the players, all of the staff, the coaches, every everybody involved in putting on this production um, to ensure that that they don't have the virus. And then you would basically quarantine everybody, keep everybody in the same hotel. Um, you might even get like a, an airplane hangar and set up a court there. But you basically create a, a, a bubble basically around everybody involved in this production, and you kind of play the playoffs. Uh, and you could do that in multiple multiple different cities, but you just get everybody together. That's one idea. Um, and they I think they're following they're following. The, uh, what's happening in, in china trying to restart their season and they're they're taking a wait-and-see approach here
2: it sounds like they're following the idea that that dr dre the big three had for what they wanted to do was to create basketball so people could watch something and have it be a reality tv show like like the real world or big brother where you put everybody in a house together and you you know give them points if they lose games, like you mix the teams up each episode or each week and, you know, you keep score of who of wins and losses after the teams have been shuffled around a lot and then, you know, the loser gets kicked off kind of an idea.
0: Oh my God. Uh,
2: I know, but so is the idea that the NBA is talking about, creating a <laughs> no, bubble the NBA, is also an
0: oh my God. The NBA is talking about doing, trying to do a charity game to raise money and that would kind of be a test for can we actually create this this uh, the context that would be required to do this safely, and if so, then they may might consider uh, still ha trying to fit the playoffs in, but without the real world element of it.
1: I don't think of they're course. bringing cameras into the into the hotels. I'm sure there'll be cameras, but they probably won't be uh, eliminating players and mixing up the teams every game. <laughs>
2: Well, let me ask Mike, you this. Are you more likely to watch the big three if they do that idea?
1: I don't care about the big three at all. So <laughs> I you're asking the wrong guy. <laughs>
0: but if it's I the only place any. you can
1: watch basketball, yeah, I'm not nah, I wouldn't watch it. I'm not watching that at all.
0: I hadn't even heard that news. I wouldn't watch it if it happened. But I think if the NBA came back with the playoffs, those Nielsen ratings would be through the roof. I that,
1: That's Leslie Nielsen. I don't think they actually care
0: about Nielsen anymore.
1: I don't see. I don't know. I hear you on the money loss. I still don't see the season restarting. I mean, I guess the players do have going to incentivize them. I don't think they get paid after April or maybe even starting in April. It's unclear if they're going to keep getting paychecks. So that would certainly, I I suppose, motivate them to agree to being quarantined into a single place. Uh, I don't know if they're going to like shelter in place, the players that seems hard to enforce. And Right for failure, um, putting a bunch of guys with a boatload of money into the a reports, single city.
0: The reports are the players are itching to play. They like don't know what to do with themselves. I'm sure they're itching to play,
2: right.
1: but I just
2: they're like the rest of America who is used to this idea that mm-hmm. our whole life is revolved around this luxury thing, right? This idea that like no one knows what to do without baseball because their whole life, they've grown up watching the baseball on the TV. And now, you know, this is a very luxurious type of lifestyle for an organism to have on the earth. Um, I feel like, and, and especially for athletes who their entire identity is based around the fact that they're a baller. I'm a Hooper, that's my identity. Like they don't necessarily know who they are outside of sports until they get seriously injured or until they retire. And then all of a sudden, you know they have a big awakening often and and decide uh you know who am i what am i really without this ball um and that and i think actually that's a big thing that's happening right now and as this continues which i think this is going to continue for a while i don't think the season is is going to magically reappear here in june
1: mike i know you agree with that i do agree i do not think the league is going to magically reappear in june i Look, do I think that they're going to turn over every possible stone to figure out a way to generate and recapture some some of the otherwise lost revenue uh, by playing some playoff games? Yes, but I it's really hard for me to imagine that a way that they can do that that's actually uh, going to be safe and socially responsible um, in the time frame that they would need to uh, for there to then be a 2021 season. I think all of their energy should go towards ensuring that they they get a full season next year. Um, I think that's, that has a much more likely return on investment than trying to salvage this season, shifting the timeline uh, into, you know, late fall, early winter, um, and then disrupting, you know, that's going to disrupt the timing of the the follow on season. That's going to affect players ability to, be represent the u.s in the now july 2021 olympics you know note that the olympics are not happening in june like (laughs) i yeah i just think it's insane for the nba to i mean i i can't imagine what it would be like to become aware that you're about to lose a billion dollars (laughs) so i'm sure that's hard to let go of but i think i think uh rationality is going to ultimately prevail I, I would be surprised if there's a season and, and they... you referenced you referenced china and japan how how are those startups going oh that's right japan already gave up and china is stalling and shifting the date on an ongoing basis so, <laughs> so I, I
2: wonder what i wonder if they'd make any money back if they did it like this where you have your off season right now Everybody's fully rested now so it, whenever you do come back, if you do come back, why can't you, let's say they, they start in September and they can finally come back. Why not play the playoffs, make that money, and then immediately start the next season?
1: Because you need an actual off season for like roster mechanics. You need free agency. You need an opportunity to, to move players. You need to draft. When are you going to do any of that stuff? you, you know, there's... Well, you'd have the draft. The contract, draft contract year has to start over, like, restart. That's a CVA provision. So they, I right, mean, but they that, can't just... You could do all of that in the matter of a month
2: or two weeks. You could squeeze <laughs> That's that It's so in. easy
1: for you to say as not the person managing that process. In terms of yeah. roster
2: mechanics and things like that? I no,
1: mean... absolutely, you're absolutely understating how much work and, and time and effort goes into executing all of that and you know for a free agency like that's a domino process right it's not like everyone just gets signed instantly one person has to make a decision that's like the the primary free agent and that determines how money is used o- along the rest of the chain and that plays out that's not going to play out in two weeks but things aren't things in this
2: situation like this aren't going to happen normally like like we're used to that's my, that's is my point like
1: that's why right. that's so, why I think but the, it's,
2: but the idea that you're gonna have everything go like it's been where the top free agent makes this decision and everybody else waits. No, like there's no time to wait. It wouldn't work like that. It wouldn't work like we're used to. You would have to have it be a sped up version and the results would be a little bit different, but at least you get things going right away.
1: Or you'd stop, you let go I'm of the I'm wondering if the money
2: would be different. I'm wondering still if they'd recoup their seat? money. Do you think they'd recoup their money?
0: I think there's more money in playing the playoffs than there is in the start of the regular season right. and in the offseason. I, I have thought from the beginning of all of this that they will find a way to play the playoffs without fans. And, and so I'm like, I, th- this season is not over yet as far as I'm concerned. And I'm struggling to turn the page and think of it as the offseason uh, because of that. So I think that they will find a way to do that. And, um, and I think that they will delay the start of next season as well. I know y'all disagree, Mike. We, you and I, have talked about this offline a lot.
1: Yeah, I just I thought it was clear at the beginning of March, late February, like before things even started, like before shutdown started happening, that this was going to start trending towards the season being shut down for the year. I, I or maybe it was like that week of March thirteenth or whenever when when yeah. things just started shutting down. Um, yeah, I just I think we're not. We're, de- we're obviously not going to experience the worst case uh, that mo- a model could predict for this, but I would put us not in the better half of how this could play out of the, of the, how this will play out of the available scenarios. I'm not remotely an expert, but just from, just from seeing how we've responded so far <laughs> and how, how the spread is going on. Like I see what's going on in new Orleans and that's really concerning. I, d- I just think, the NBA will have a really hard time finding a safe and responsible place where they could do what they're proposing to do.
0: Yeah, I think it would have to be artificially created, basically. I mean, you don't need a whole stadium to play the game. You just need to televise it.
1: But think of how many people are involved mechanically. Oh, it's a lot. To get into all of those places. And you just need one person to be asymptomatically carrying the infection.
0: Yeah, I and the then they can ridiculous. get everybody sick. Yeah, and, and that's a challenge, and and so it's I mean, not a try- challenge. It's a no, no, it's, it's
1: an irresponsibility.
0: I, I totally hear where you're coming from, but I think that the uh, and and it's it's a complicated. I mean, it, you're making me think of Marcus Smart, who uh, I mean. So I, I was going to raise. So you you got, you got James Dolan, you've got Rudy Gobert, Marcus Smart. There's three Nets players who've tested positive. Uh, I I'm a little concerned that at the reports over the last couple of days that Marcus smart is saying that he is now um, cleared of the virus. Uh, you're, he may be cleared of, of having active symptoms, but he still carries the virus for a period of time after he has it. I I can't remember how long that is. I think 30 days. Um, so that's a little bit concerning. And and when you've got a lot, all these people who are going to play in the playoffs who probably have it, um, it's. I hear where you're coming from, Mike. It's a huge concern, and I think that the money involved and uh, is gonna make it a, a serious discussion. And if the country can get over the peak of this, I think that they will start to seriously consider what that looks like. And I think that that will happen in sometime this summer, but I could be wrong. I just want to. I'm on record saying this is. I think this is gonna happen. I think the playoffs will be played for this season yeah there's no way there is no really, way this season's come, coming back they may extend that when back. the season ends they may start next season late but i think they're going to try and get playoffs in
1: i i a i think it's socially irresponsible b i think it will be like honestly if they just come back with the playoffs after with no more regular season i don't even know how invested i'm going to be in it um I th- oh you'll get invested fast i don't know i don't
2: know <laughs> yeah, i don't know if that's why, true why, why like,
1: not mike why not Mike? Uh,
2: because Cause it's, cause it's because it's too irresponsible socially.
1: Yeah, if there are if there's still like states that are experiencing hotspots and there's still ongoing spread of the virus and they're restarting games, I'm going to have a hard time actually caring that much about it, I think.
2: Because there's more important issues going
1: on. Yeah. Okay. And and, I, and not knowing I mean, I don't I don't think this is a decision that should be in the hands of the NBA if I mean, it will obviously depend on the actual circumstances and the actual data at the time that they're getting closer to the decision. And I hear you're saying you're thinking this would be post-peak, Adam. Yeah. Um, but I don't think the decision should be in the hands of the NBA.
0: Oh, I agree. But the NBA has been ahead of the government. <laughs> that's that's a whole nother... You know, this isn't a political podcast. But the NBA has been on the forefront of a lot of this. They They shut down before everybody else.
1: Yeah, but I mean, they didn't... I mean... Uh, uh, I heard somebody else say this, and I, I don't remember who it was, but I agree with it. Like they, they should only get so much credit. It's not like they did that out of an abundance of caution. They did it because the player tested positive, and they had, They left. They were backed into a corner and had no choice.
0: Agreed. I'm not giving them credit. I'm saying that the government deserves no credit in that they should have been ahead of all of this. But but we're we're going off on a you know people didn't. But this tune is in important to listen to coronavirus updates and and you know uh government shutdowns and things like that but this is important because the the coronavirus is
2: impacting our lives in in some crazy ways and like if the rudy gobert incident and the way that all unfolded with him touching the mics and and then being the one um you know if that didn't tell you to to be more responsible like Mike is over there frustrated. I, I, got, I drove by a public park here in San Luis Obispo, California two days ago and saw people playing pickup basketball. And we're, we have a shelter in place order in the entire state of California, you know, but people don't listen, people aren't listening. That's kind of the issue here. Um, and it's, it's, it's important because we're, we're at a point where like as a human species, we are special. Right, we're the species that able is able to to build everything that we've built in in order to be even having this kind of conversation about these types of luxuries. But nature didn't get the message that we're special, you know. And so we're we're continuing like even the decision to not lose the billion dollars because of this is almost like not listening to what this is trying to tell us. It's just like what Rudy, Rudy what happened to Rudy Gobert. It's just like these people playing pickup basketball still. Like we're not. We have to re we have to shift our programming as a species to understand that these types of luxuries are not necessarily essential when we have something more important going on. You know, this whole idea of what's essential and what's not essential that every company and university is having to make decisions about and that all of us need to start making decisions about when we when we look at our finances and things in this in this situation, that's what this is really about is are we as a species going to learn what's essential and what's not essential? And if you ask me a sports essential as someone who's grown up and works in the sports industry, I did you know, it's not, it just isn't like play is the most important thing to me, but when people are dying at mass rates, it's just not an essential function. It's leisure. So yeah, well, that's it's, it's part of the podcast. It's part of the podcast. And it's the, you know, the reason why I don't think the NBA is going to come back right away and hopefully our society can return to normalcy, but you know, we're staring at something in the face that is, is uh, not out of our control. And we're used to being in control of everything. I do, I do like how the NBA has kind of turned into an informant, um, you know, educating people. Like the first thing they put up was how to wash your hands. Uh, I love that Steph Curry had an interview with Dr. Fauci, um, President Trump's advisor from the COVID-19 Task force.
0: I think he's the head um, of the
2: CDC. Not, okay. yeah, not officially. He's, he's the um, lead doctor of the task force. Um, Who is this? Fauci? Yeah. Fauci,
1: yeah. I think I, uh, he's the head I looked, of the, the day National day. Association for Infectious, uh, the National Institute for Aller- Aller- Allergies and Infectious Disease, Disease NIAID. Um, I think the head of the task force is actually Dr. Burks. This is riveting, you guys. I'm loving this. Man, let's, get, let's give credit to the right person. Uh, Dr. Deborah Burks, I believe, is the, the head of the tax, task force. So what were you saying about Fauci, Josh? No, I'm just trying to say that Steph Curry,
2: in his interview, he did a really good job. You know, it's, the NBA is now having access to people like Dr. Fauci. We can't even get Dr. Fauci's opinion through the, well, the head in chief. Uh, sometimes and and I think you know even Marcus Smart when he put out his videos about having the coronavirus he talked about you know being asymptomatic at first and trying to get more awareness that you can have the virus without having major symptoms so I just I think it's important what the NBA's role has been in this whole thing being the one who kind of set this set the pattern for other uh, pro sport leagues to shut things down as well um, and it's. Overall, it's just a shame because this this season was a special season. It was kind of a, a difference maker type of season. And that's one of the things that I think is is the most heartbreaking about this. You know, this was year two of the whole small ball experiment really impacting most teams around the league. The number of three-pointers being shot, year two of that, and the whole pace. Um, it's It's also kind of been a season that where you know you saw you saw this in the all-star game it reminded me of the dream team in 1992 when you had bird and magic passing the baton to jordan and you had you know some of the younger guys on that team with playing with older guys who were who were kind of it was their last hurrah for chris mullen and and pros like that and you have the same thing this year with chris paul and lebron getting up there in age Um, You know, they were like the bird and magic of of that era in a way. Um, You got a bunch of guys in the middle of the pack, Kawhi and Harden, Anthony Davis, just like you did back in 92 with Pippen and Jordan, Malone and Barkley in the middle of their careers. And then you have these young guys, you know, Giannis, Embiid, Siakam, and then even younger, like Trey Young, Doncic, Zion, John Morant. Ben Simmons, you know Tatum. These are guys who are transcendent players and generational players. And the the league is is passing. They were passing the baton this year to kind of that next generation. Um, so you know, it really is a shame when this actually went down. That's one of the things that I miss most about the game.
1: It's definitely been a bummer uh, not not having the league, to s- to say the least. Uh, let alone everything else going on. And, and, you know, you just touched on all the youngsters. One of the things that I've been wondering about, you know, we were in the midst of watching Jason Tatum uh, and Jalen Brown kind of really take their games up another level and just missing, missing the opportunity to get to watch their continued development. Um, and I really kind of wonder what, what this type of gap at this time of year and, and kind of formative seasons for both of these players actually means for them. Uh, you know how josh you you've been in coaching you've been in coaching of young players how does this uh affect you know their development in your opinion having this kind of big break in the middle of of their what age 21 age 22 seasons well however old they are 20 i think J jb's 23 maybe josh before you answer we're going to take a quick break uh for a word from our sponsors so, Josh, you were going to answer how this break could affect uh, the player development of of Tatum and Brown.
2: Yeah, I think I already talked a little bit about it. You know, it's it goes back to this idea that these players sometimes don't know who they are. Their identity is completely and totally based on the fact that they're a basketball player. They've been working their entire lives to get to this point, and they're finally here. So, why would they have a new identity? Boom! A player gets injured, and all of a sudden, they have to be away from the team a little bit coach isn't looking at them in the same way because he can't do anything for the coach at that point you know you you start to look at like what is your relationship like with your teammates and with your with the staff off the court and that's really all you have to cling on to is you know a part of the being a part of the team and I think that everybody across the league is kind of having one of those oh my gosh moments right now because of how this is impacting all of our lives um when basketball completely stops for this guy these guys it it's it becomes really serious you know if they're really itching to play like we, we're hearing that they are um you know this is this is one of those things that puts everything into perspective and makes them think about you know what if they didn't have basketball at all so for a young player anytime they can have one of those experiences i actually think it's beneficial for them when they come back onto the court it, they're usually playing with more of a purpose. They have a bigger reason as to why it's more meaningful instead of just the daily grind and, and trying to be better than him. Um, So I actually think that a one silver lining of this whole thing is the potential for Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, especially them being as I perceive higher academic guys and, and more intellectual players they, I think, will take this more seriously and, and be able to um, possibly take another leap, and that—that's the only silver lining I can think of that makes up for the fact that they're losing playoff experience, which is so crucial in a young player's career, especially in the NBA, um, as well as you know all the reps and and just you know we all we all know all of us listening know how how easy it is to lose your shot and and how much work it takes to get it back. You know, these guys are playing every single day. Can't lose it. If you never had it. Exactly. Right. So just that alone, you know, not being able to shoot, you know, watching guys throw socks into trash cans in their apartments um, on Instagram, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely, I think better if they could continue to play, but there is something to the, to the the wake up call that this type of uh, serious incident, you know, Gives a player from from a development perspective.
0: Wait a second. You you think that they can make a leap during yeah, this? Yeah, I avas? think I've
2: had players who've been injured in a car accident and you know with blood clots and some serious stuff where they weren't sure if they were ever going to play basketball again. And we're told by doctors they'd never play again or or that they have to sit out for two months. And when they come back, even though they're rusty, they're they're a better player because they've you know had a wake-up call. Things are now serious. Every game now they're taking seriously. Like it's the last game they could ever play because that's actually the perspective that they have now. And they've been sitting around for a while like wondering who am I without the sport? Like what is my actual identity other than basketball player and athlete?
0: So you're saying they're doubling down on who, their identity as a basketball player. It becomes more important to them. Are they putting work in too? No, like, are they I, I on think the floor it's a mental reps? leap. Okay.
2: It's a mental, mental. leap. I mean, I mean, you'd have to get some reps in to get your shot back. You know, this is, that's just normal. But the, the mental leap that happens from a wake-up call that's really serious, you know, a lot, of, a lot of these guys have never had a major serious injury before. And, you know, most of them have never had a work stoppage like this or a, a play stoppage like this. They've never really had to sit back and think, like, who do I want to be as a man, as an adult? Like, who am I outside of what everybody knows me as? you know, a lot of these guys are playing a role.
0: All the reports that I'm, I'm seeing out here are about how uh, certain players, how basically the teams are sending all of their equipment to players so they can stay in shape. Um, Drew Hamlin got texts from everybody, all of his players, Embiid, Jason Tatum, Bradley Beal, etc., cetera, uh, asking, what do I do? How do I keep my game sharp if I can't go to the court? And so, I mean, you've got guys like LeBron or... Who've got full weight rooms and basketball courts in their house, and then you've guys got guys like Alex Caruso, who are who's who've said literally they've got a jump rope and they're just like dribbling in their garage, and that's it.
1: No, I mean I th- I think Tatum went on a podcast with Jeff Goodman and was talking about <laughs> was, I, the, I I discerned this from a tweet. I didn't actually listen to the pod, uh, but was musing about whether a max contract will allow him to get an in home gym because right now he hasn't been able to, you know, dribble a basketball outside of his apartment or wherever he's living for the past two weeks. Yeah, that's right, JT.
0: You sign that extension when it's offered to you this offseason.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> also, is it too controversial to say I'm not sure I would classify JT as an academic?
0: <laughs> he's a basketball academic.
1: <laughs> he's a basketball <laughs> academic. <laughs>
2: I think, a, the, I think he's I'm all emotion, the way there
1: on JB, but JT I'm not so sure on.
2: <laughs> I think he's a more intellectual guy. I think he's more emotionally intelligent and he's he's a well-spoken kid. I think yeah, I think he, I would put, I put him on that end. I put him on the high academic end of things. So But um, you know, Mike Mike your your question, you know, this is going to affect their development. <laughs> that, that, I think that's the quick answer to your question. Yes, it
0: will. I'm really going to going to miss this season uh I'm still looking forward to seeing what the Houston Rockets can do in the playoffs. That that is the most interesting team of the year to me because of roster makeup, Daryl Morey, uh, their their trade deadline. They're they're doubling down. I'm using that term again. Uh, their their emphasis on small ball that they're they've decided that they're gonna uh, they're, they're gonna win or lose with that, uh, and to see what effect that has on the game. I, but man, I I am missing. Uh, I'm missing the games. I'm missing the regular updates. I'm missing, it's a lot of like distracting stuff that I miss. I'm realizing like how much of, of all of these, uh, these cultivated marketed, uh, media like YouTube, uh, individually, uh, organized based on, on their, the equations uh, that understand our interests. Like my stuff is a lot of basketball. <laughs> I don't have a lot out there. All your the basketball, ridden. not there. <laughs> Yeah. What a luxury we live.
1: It's true. It's true. <laughs> um just the philosophy. Yeah, well, so- somewhat related. I mean, one of the things that I've I've become aware of, of really missing is just like the levity uh, of having having kind of the levity in in life to be able to argue about stuff that so clearly doesn't matter. <laughs> like Carson Edwards and NBA future, uh, which which, for those hearing us for the first time on Celtics blog feed, this was uh, a common refrain for us on our former on our former Blueberry feed. Um, and Josh and I, uh, let's just say, have non identical views about Car- Carson Edwards' <laughs> 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 potential NBA path, uh, or Ojale's ball handling, or you know, at the beginning of the season, whether Enos Kanter or Tristan Thompson would be the better center. Like, it has been hard to feel really plucky about things of such low overall Im- importance um the way that i i could have even just like four three or four weeks ago uh so, it, so it's, it's been quite a juxtaposition and, and to your point adam it's you know it, it was it was an important distraction and and certainly as we as we are are here back podcasting it's uh it's a welcome return distraction
2: but yeah, like, you know, whether Enos Cantor's name is pronounced Enos or ennis Did I say or... Enos again? I thought I said Enos. <laughs> uh, yeah, Adam, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing if they do come back to seeing the Rockets just dissolve in the playoffs. And, and <laughs> you know, I think it's so foolish, to, you know, these people who, who are scared of the Sixers and the Rockets right now. Um Yeah, we can't argue about that anymore because it doesn't matter anymore. Now it really doesn't matter. <laughs>
0: And obviously, uh, also, we all wanted to see what uh, what the Celtics could do in the playoffs. Yeah, and we will we'll talk more about whether they have a shot at at
1: uh, winning the championship, or whether or what their fatal flaws might be. in, but that's in future like, episodes here. But that's like I mean that's part of the the growth of Tatum and Brown that I that I miss, and that and that's part of why it's going to be hard to feel as excited if there is a playoffs this year as as I would have if it was just a continuation of the regular season. Cause there's no, you're not getting to experience the same trajectory. You're not getting to experience yeah. kind of the observed growth. And like, you're saying, oh, this team, you know, the Celtics were kind of scuttling a little bit after a really strong month, right. On the heels of Jason Tatum breaking out in February. Um, you know, the, the question at that point in the season was, are they going to kind of write the ship and get back on track and have a really strong two months to close out the year? And what you wanted to see was that they kind of figured it out, got their rotations tight as everybody got healthy, um, had, you know, one and a half, two strong months and carried that into the playoffs. Now, if you just have playoffs that are coming off the heels of players trying to get in shape over four to six weeks, like it's just I'm not going to care that much. It's not going to be the same. There were
0: four main questions that I wanted to see over the remainder of the regular season, which we all agree is not happening. One was you had the, the the top five players on the court at the same time, which the the um, smart Tatum, Brown, Hayward, Walker, uh, which they just didn't get that many minutes together. But how successful could that team be against good competition? You had, could Jason Tatum maintain his level of excellence, which is what he needs to do to re- truly be a top 10 player or a superstar? Uh, number and for th- us to win the championship. Yep. Number three, uh, you had what is the rotation? Who are the backup the backups that are going to play meaningful minutes here? Can Romeo Lankford uh, get, get enough run to get comfortable enough to be one of those? Um, can the Williams brothers play well enough? Um, and the fourth for me was was Robert Williams. Could he reintegrate? And I think he really needed that time after the injury um, Josh, you talk about players with injuries and coming back. The mental game. There was reports about that, and I really wanted to see whether that would translate. And he's not going to get the reps to be able to to show that uh, and to get comfortable, in my opinion. Um, so, so not having those, that, that's that's the big loss for me.
2: Yeah, I mean, th- this was a Celtics team that you know we on this Celtics Pride podcast, I think, believe we're championship contenders and and could take down some of the best teams across the league. So you know, this was potentially a big year for for us, for our podcast, for Celtics blog, for, you know, everything's kind of come to a halt. And the thing that I miss most is being able to identify with other people based on fandom. You know, we, we root for the same team. And when in the ups and the downs, you know, we're, we're together in those situations as a coach, you know, that was why I loved coaching at the college level, especially, you know, these guys are are so committed and we ask so much of them in terms of their daily schedule as student athletes. It's, it's just crazy. And it really is like a roller coaster lifestyle of the ups and downs of the wins and the losses. And some people take the wins and losses really hard and and some people maybe have even a healthier perspective where they don't take it as seriously in order to be more even keeled and, and not get too down or, or too high. Um, but, you know, as a culture, as a society, this luxury that we have of being able to enjoy sports, you know, the idea of play, the idea of, of social interaction is, you know, these are all things that hopefully we won't take for granted in the future because of this. But that's the thing Guess that what? I miss the Guess most. Guess
0: what? We will. Guess what? <laughs> <laughs> we will absolutely take it for granted. I again. think, I think first it'll first
1: be it'll I, I, it'll be different. It'll be different for a little while, at least.
2: But so the the, the thing is, though, that people you have people who who don't know what to do with themselves at all because sports is gone and that's all they know. And then you have other people who, you know, they could do something else for a living or they have other interests and, you know, they lose basketball or the NBA and, and they can move on to other things. And I think it's really hard for that first group of people right now.
0: Let me, let me bring this back. I want to ask you guys a couple questions. So, so we, we clearly have a hiatus of a, a long enough period of time here that is causing a disruption for everybody. Let's assume, I know you guys don't think this is going to happen, but hypothetically assume that we come back after, let's say, two, three months, whatever the time period is, um, and we, we start the playoffs immediately to get them in. How do you keep a team engaged? How do you keep players in shape? Do you have to have a training camp again? I'm curious about your, both of your opinions. And Josh, I want to start with you as a coach. What level of ramp-up time is needed to get players back into game shape to be able to play playoff games? Oh, man,
2: you're putting me on the spot right here. You want me to say yeah. like two weeks. Um, I mean,
0: I think, answer however I think you want.
2: If, I think everybody's on the same level right now. You know, I mean, maybe the teams with more stars and more max contracts are going to have more at-home gyms, but – uh, so at least maybe, the, maybe like the Lakers with their two max guys, who are the really only two guys that matter on that team, like those guys are probably going to be in better shape than in other guys who don't have those facilities, potentially. Um, so, But in, you know, the reality is everybody's really starting at the same level. So if you go two weeks and everyone's out of shape, well, everybody's out of shape. You know? um, I think it really depends on how much time you have to get things going and what you're trying to do as the NBA. I think you. I honestly think you can do it any way. You could, you could just go right into one game playoff series with no ramp up time. I mean, it, everybody will be happy. You said one game back.
0: playoff series?
2: Yeah. I think that there's crazy ideas where it's like, well, that's not enough time to even get into shape. And it's like, well, nobody's in shape. Everyone's playing on the same level
0: right now. Are you saying that a playoff series is only one game? I'm saying that
2: you could create. Yes, I'm saying how you many could ways do that. can you
1: ask this question? Like,
2: <laughs> I'm in disbelief. Like, 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 if you wanted to create a quick playoffs, you could do it any way you wanted to. If you wanted to give everybody two months to get back into shape and really get into game shape, you could do that too. You know, but what are you trying to accomplish is is really the question you would have to answer first.
0: So the record book right now has an asterisk next to it, and we're just not sure exactly what that asterisk means yet in terms of who the champion is this year. Correct. Mike, any thought? Any thoughts on, on keeping a team engaged in shape, ramp-up time for, for what I still think may happen for playoffs?
1: Um, I disagree with Josh that it could be any configuration. I think you need it to be like four <laughs> to six weeks of ramp-up time because if you have elite athletes playing against each other in highly competitive environments when they're not in full shape, everyone's going to get injured. Um, and that's is not in the league's interest at all. So I think you have to be really staged with the way you let people get back in shape. They have not had access to, to great facilities for the most part. Um, and they're, so there people are going to be in all sorts of generally in worse shape. Actually, mo- most or all will be in generally worse shape, but the degree to how bad their shape is, is going to vary. Uh, we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Um, as far as keeping engaged, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure they're all playing like a ton of NBA 2K and um, what are the, the metal? No, not metal gear. Solid. whatever call of duty or whatever. call of duty. That's the one I was trying to think of. Yeah. You know, all, all, all sorts of video games. You, you do whatever the heck you can to, 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 to keep them engaged. You try to do FaceTime calls. You, you try to, they're probably doing Netflix party, you know, everything all of us are trying to do to stay sane and engaged when we're not allowed to actually see or physically interact with people other than those that we live with. Um, Josh, what what is the video game of choice for your players?
2: 2k.
0: Easy so, answer. If in the scenario where they get, get an airplane airplane, airplane hangar and, and set up a court or something like that where they quarantine in a city to play these playoffs I, i'm just imagining the pickup games that would happen if you've got multiple teams in one place that that could get really really interesting and the dynamics related to that could be really cool i'm thinking like 92 dream team type of cool
1: yeah well, except one of the owners like try to prevent that so that players don't get injured
2: the players are itching to play, Mike. I understand that you and the NBA probably are concerned about injuries in terms of ramp-up time and and things like that. But the players are ready to go. Like yeah. they'll play in, in, in any condition. They don't. They're not thinking about oh, I'm going to get injured if I don't warm up for three weeks.
1: I know that. I know they're not. But the the owners aren't going to recoup their money if all their stars get injured.
2: And that ha- that's what happens throughout the season sometimes. That's that's yep. part of the game. And and you know we've done this the entire. League was built upon that type of atmosphere. Like, this is what we do. We play basketball. We're, we're ready to play in any situation. Uh, yeah, but, but this, <laughs> uh, the,
1: the, the players, the league today, the players today are obviously not the way the league used to be. I mean, it's a totally different league.
2: Of course. And in this situation, you the whole rule book, the whole everything you know can get thrown out the window. This is a unique situation where a unique solution could be put in place. Um, and... Yeah, I mean it, I honestly think that the superstars are going to be more ready. The better players, the real ballers are going to be ready to go with ramp up time or not. It's everyone else who will need the ramp up time to catch up. That's my honest I, opinion.
0: Here's what we know. Nobody knows what's going to happen here. And we're going to see some interesting results from this. We're we're clearly getting a an eight week hiatus minimum. If you recall back in July of 98 that's the last time there was a hiatus like this uh, or, or that, that feels relevant to this in the NBA. They're, they were off for six months. The 99 season started late, only had 50 games, and they canceled the All-Star break that season. And my fondest memory from that time was how Sean Kemp gained 70 pounds uh, because he thought they weren't coming back. And she, he showed up at 315 pounds and was never the same athletically. Uh, so here's the question for you guys. Let's say a player on the Celtics or a player in the NBA uh, thinks that this is going to go on like you guys do with with no playoffs, and you're not coming back for another four to six months, so why not take it easy and eat some food and sit on the couch and, and play 2K? Uh, who is the like most what likely? I would do?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> like what a lot of us are doing right now. <laughs> there's a lot of I, heard, I was reading an article. There's a lot of people baking bread and, and, and cooking a lot more than they used to. Uh, so we're all gaining weight here. Who's yeah, the, the, most cor- likely the coronavirus Celtic? 15, right? Yeah, like the freshman 15.
1: Um, Who's the, who yeah. most likely on the Celtics to, to blow up like Sean Kemp? I, I have my answer. And unfortunately, there's some parallels here. Uh, <laughs> I know. Uh, Let with, me
2: guess. Is it, is it Carson Edwards? N- no. God, no. <laughs> okay.
1: Okay, go. No, I don't it? even think about Carson Edwards. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, it, is, it is the one and only Time Lord, who is already looking Ooh. a little bit thick uh, after his time away from the court midseason. Uh, I'm worried that that's going to double or triple, and the parallels I was referring to is I'm <laughs> starting to fear, or I would fear, if he does in fact gain a bunch of weight, that that dynamic athleticism might might become substantially impacted.
0: Why did you well, we, pick we, Robert Williams? We because, know he doesn't think about time. He's not a scheduler, not a planner by nature. It would fit into his Myers-Briggs type. I,
1: so I, he's, clearly,
0: he's clearly not thinking about what's happening in the future here. I but planning for it, right?
1: <laughs> well, he can always just go back in time. But I, uh, <laughs> I picked him because, again, he was just away. He was just injured for like, what did he miss, 30 games? And he came back and he looked like he had put on like 20 to 30 pounds. He did, and he I, don't was, I don't think it was. I don't think it was all muscle. I think it was yeah. some muscle, but I don't think it was all muscle. So it's not. It's not his lack of focus. I mean, it's <laughs> a, it, it's a little bit of that. <laughs>
0: Josh, I don't, who's who's disagree. your pick, Josh? Yeah,
2: I don't disagree. I don't disagree at all. Actually, but, no, I, but who, I, who do you think? Um, I have two. I have two. Okay, Can I get because
0: I have two also, and so. Okay,
2: uh, mine is Marcus Smart. We've already seen his weight fluctuate throughout his career, including this season. Um, And while the last flu made him lose weight early in the year, this one, I think, and being home and just sitting around, like, I just think Marcus Smart's a guy who seems like he just needs to be out and about and moving all the time, like a high energy. I don't want to say like ADHD, but, you know, like one of those people who's just always on the go, always on the move, always has to be doing something, always active. Um, and I, I have a feeling he's going stir crazy right
0: now. Yeah, he's he is an impassionate guy. He, he seems to make a lot of decisions based on his, his feelings in the moment, running into the stands in college, uh, punching a picture frame last year and getting injured uh, I could see that, that happening, Josh. And like you said, he's got he's got a history of, of putting on some pounds. And he's always uh, been thicker in general. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Ennis. Don't call me Ennis. Cantor. He's a guy that's made a bunch of money in the league, so he's not looking for a major contract. Uh, he's a guy that uh, I, he seems to be in, in like relatively good shape, so he can probably probably thinks that he can take off a little bit. He plays a position where he doesn't really need to be. Uh, super athletic or super mobile. The, the team is not asking him to guard out on the perimeter. He's a fun-loving guy. Uh, he's already thinking about his next career in wrestling. I could totally see him packing on 30 pounds easy. Totally disagree. Here's why. Enes Kanter cares more
2: about how his abs look in his Instagram photos than anybody else on the team. I actually think he might only be playing basketball so that he can stay in shape for his Instagram photos. See, this Even is the
0: expertise that I miss by not having much social media.
2: The only point you have, Adam, which you didn't make, was that when he came into Kentucky and came into, you know, came over from from Turkey, he was heavier. He was like 280 and, you know, in his NBA frame is is more svelte than he was in college or before college.
0: Any honorable mentions? You guys think uh, Jalen Brown is an option here after signing a big contract?
1: No, I think Jalen is is a, a no risk. Low risk. My I, honorable I think Shemi is the lowest risk. Yeah, Grant Williams? Yep. Grant Williams yeah, I think is a possibility. He
2: was my honorable yeah. mention. He's my yep. second. guy. He crossed my mind. Vincent Poirier? Because especially since Grant Williams just <laughs> lost some weight getting into the getting into the league. When you know, when he was in college, he was bigger and he he was asked to lose some weight and did in the off season to be able to play the perimeter. So I could see Grant Williams bulking up a little bit. I could see Poirier, you know, getting a little chubby too. One of those lack of focus
0: reasons. God, I hope so. It just gives more reason to cut him more quickly.
2: Anyone else? What about Taco? <laughs> no, How's
0: Taco going to do? <laughs> taco, good. I'm fine with it if he puts on some weight. Go for it, Taco.
1: Yeah, no, I got, I got no one else. What's next? Move on.
0: <laughs> I think, Josh, you wanted to tease some things that we're going to be talking about going forward here.
2: Yeah, you know, we're back back recording again after a little bit of a hiatus ourselves. And, you know, I've been coming up with some lists throughout the year. I was trying to save my top five reasons the Celtics can win it all column for when we actually made it to the playoffs. Uh, I was also waiting to save the um, Celtics' top five fatal flaws you know, or reasons why they won't win it all. Um, so we'll 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 tease those for another podcast in the near future. I also have a list that I've been working on for months now that I haven't shared with either of you yet. It is former Celtic player comparisons for each of the current players on the roster. Uh, that will be coming next episode. Don't care what you guys think, that is coming next episode. Um I've been thinking about like who around the league has signed a two-year contract at the beginning of this year. And now, all of a sudden, their first year's done, I think.
0: Like the
1: LA and, Clippers?
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like the entire Clippers roster. Um, obviously, we're going to be talking about the draft.
0: Off, these are such off season topics. Yeah, the when we're in the off season, it's perfect
1: time to talk about it. Because this the season is over. Not over yet. It is over.
2: <laughs> um, I, I'm curious what the salary cap implications are of all this coronavirus stuff.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to talk about that. I, I, I'm a. i am like to think I'm a cap nerd, although I'm probably not as smart as I think I am. Um, and and I, we really need to wait.
1: I think to that see is a, the most accurate statement that could be said about all three of us. <laughs> <laughs> that we need to wait. No, the one before that. <laughs>
0: oh, oh, oh! That we're dumber than we realized.
1: Oh. Yeah, Obviously, the draft will no what happen.
0: Uh, there there are people that are writing about the the cap implications and, and I'm glad that they are, but we really have no idea what what the impact is going to be because I, I think you're right josh and i i it really pains me to say that about anything <laughs> but I think you're right that we have no idea what's what's happening here and that that the uh that we there's a lot of creative license that can be taken here we can restructure playoffs we can uh shift the schedule for off season or next season um, we can and I think that that the the league is set up really nicely uh, specifically related to Adam Silver's relationship with uh, Michelle Roberts the the Players Association and the league have the best relationship that they've had maybe ever in the history of the league. And that is going to allow them to negotiate and collectively bargain. The players collectively bargaining with the league. Negotiations are going to go far smoother than they would have 15 years ago. And that's going to allow a lot of flexibility. So um, I think that is going to benefit the league. It's going to benefit all of us as fans um, and benefit everybody related to the league. So um, we really have to wait and see what's going to happen and, and, and wait to hear from the league about what the implications are We've already talked a little bit about the challenges that the Celtics might face because of a lot of the large contracts that they have, uh, one that is expected for Jason Tatum, the Hayward opt-in, and we really need to wait and see because uh, it could have major implications. Save it for the pod. I'm excited to talk talk about the draft once the offseason comes in the distant future. This draft is
2: going to happen before we play another game. And that's the thing. It's like... We'll be able. to. shut down the NBA, but the draft will still happen. Like what we're are we still going to know who our draft pick
0: is. What are you guys going to give me when this season? And this season is defined by like they say that not not schedule, but that playoffs champion. A champion is crowned. A champion for this year is going to be crowned for the the nineteen twenty season. When when that what happens, are, what, are you, what are you what are you guys going to give me? Not much. <laughs> It's tough times. We've all lost twenty percent of what we have. Yeah, I don't really have a whole
2: lot to give right now
1: during the coronavirus. Yeah, there is that. There is that. It's, it's going to be a fifth that. less
0: than what we would have bet prior to four weeks ago. Man, and I'm willing. Look, I'm I'm saying it on the pod here. I'm willing to pay double, and all you guys, because there's two of you. Just just
1: just put it on a nice dinner.
0: Yeah, food order. Food order. Okay, we'll we'll do Postmates, whatever, whatever. Shout out to Postmates, future, future <laughs> sponsor, right. Future Celtics, Celtics <laughs>
1: Um, Yeah, no, it's not happening, Adam.
2: So, wait, I got a question for you guys. We, we talked about Sean Kemp. I don't think, and I hope you guys don't think that any of the Celtics are going to be on that level when they return. But is there a player around the league that could end up doing what Sean Kemp did?
1: There's going to be a least one. Pick one. I uh, I don't remember any NBA players anymore. It's been too long. As
0: a stall tactic, I will say this is not my answer to that question, but I will say that I'm worried about Zion Williamson.
1: Exactly, exactly. I'm worried that's about the one. Him
0: putting weight on. That's the one. He's not. No, the Sean Kemp situation was it was a completely different situation. I mean, this is this guy was the most dynamic, athletic freak in the league. He was an All Star, and he, <laughs> he ballooned. He turned into Oliver Miller. Like he was groundbound after that.
2: Yeah, he Robert trailered that season for sure. Ro- I just he wanted to get you to trailer-ed. talk. I just wanted you to get, to get you to talk about Sean Kemp a little bit more, Adam. That's all I was asking for.
0: I mean, that guy was dunking on fools and pointing at them. That, that, that Supersonics team beat, uh, was it Denver? No, Denver beat them. Never mind. Josh, do you have someone in mind for a, a balloon candidate?
2: Yeah, my candidate was Zion. He's the person okay. that I'm most
1: worried about. He's, uh, he's, I mean, if he's what not gonna stop working out.
2: Ooh, what about Embiid?
1: Or Jokic. Oh, Jokic. Or Jokic. Jokic is going to get so fat. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and it won't matter. <laughs> yeah, it won't matter at all.
0: Yeah, I think it's likely that nobody actually does. All right. Anything else, you guys? This is, this is not, <laughs> if you are listening to this podcast for the first time, this is not what it normally goes like. We're usually talking about games we're talking about matchups we're talking about the games coming up uh we're, we're we're talking about what we're seeing on the court we're talking about statistics josh is giving a coach's take we're talking about contracts we're talking about team dynamics and there just isn't any of that to talk about anymore
2: but we guarantee we will provide something and tune in next time
0: thanks for listening